Okay, welcome back everybody to the Music With Map podcast. My name's John. And I'm Wes. And so we got another episode here. We're going to be jumping into it with um, a musician, someone who's worked in the industry, done a lot of creating music, whether for like in conjunction with other people or also for yourself and also someone who I know is quite a lover of jackets, if I'm right. <laughs> right? These are uh, facts. <laughs> anyway, without further ado, uh, why don't you just uh, introduce yourself? Uh, I'll introduce myself as uh, as Jason, Jason Strong. Jason Strong, okay. Yeah, most people who are familiar with me would probably know me better by my stage name, Jake DeLarge. Right. My friends just call me Jay. Cool. Jay, that's how I know you, Jay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Jay, the the man with many jackets. Yes, yes. which I actually really appreciate because um, I know that you are someone who appreciates a good collection. I myself am a watch collector, mm-hmm. and I feel we have this sort of shared understanding of the passion of a collection. But for yourself, it's the jackets, which I again I always appreciate. Man, I was down with watches for a little bit, and then I got into glasses. My first like collection thing that was Hot Wheels though. Hot, Hot Wheels. Wheels, yeah. Okay. Like, Shit. Probably had like three hundred cars. Whoa! Whoa. Yeah. Damn. And like, how how young? I was a kid, man. I was yeah. like seven, eight. Okay. So that would be my thing. I would go to the mall, any store that had Hot Wheels, or I would just seek them out, find the Hot Wheels, and just steal them. <laughs> just like, I gotta have this. Yeah. yeah, you yeah. know, especially like the old schools, like Chevys. Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. old yeah. cars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Bust them open. Mm. Them joints. So, did you like collect them and have them in like a space, or did you like use them? Did you have like the tracks and everything like that? I never or? got the tracks. Okay. Like, I had a lot of toys as a right. kid, but there were certain things I couldn't ask for. So, right. if I was going to ask for something, I needed to get the main thing. I, I couldn't ask for accessories because, mm-hmm. right. you know, other priorities. Mm-hmm. So of course. For me, I definitely used them. You know, mm-hmm. I was, they, were, they were my prized nice. possessions. You nice. Know? Nice. That's great, actually, and that's also something I can I, I have a shared passion with you. When I was a kid, man, that's like I was all about. What about micro machines? You ever get into micro machines? No. No. Okay. okay. Legos, For me, Legos was next, but yeah. it just wasn't the same as you know, like busting open a pack of like fresh Porsches. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. No, I know what you mean. It's so funny. It's like these really, really well done mini replicas of the real thing, and it's somehow like that's enough you just mm. the appreciation is there and you're like this mm-hmm. thing is just so dope you know yeah i always yeah. loved cars but i hated driving which ended up becoming mm. like this funny like look at look at this kind of moment mm-hmm. yeah like, mm-hmm. i love these machines i just don't want to operate them yeah right, right. that's know? so funny too because like from early on i would say the same thing like always loved cars but then i i started riding bikes like bicycles mm. and it's like i've never owned a car to this day and i've just rode bikes but i grew up like as my mom says i learned to crawl with like two cars in my hands you know what i mean like <laughs> that's, that's how into them i was but uh oh, that's fantastic so jay yeah. speaking of wearing multiple jackets we know that you also wear many hats hey nice with, within the that's contract right that was good okay? that was good yeah that was nice, nice. i appreciate that skill yeah. yeah. Um, but tell us a bit about what you do, man. Like you, you're you're involved in, in a lot of different areas of music. You have a lot of different skill sets, a lot of different, you know, um, creative strengths. So just tell us a bit about some of the things that you that you're doing uh, currently. Right now, I pretty much mainly exist as a writer. Mm-hmm. Right. So I and like a creative, you know, consultant director. So I'm someone that an artist would come to to flesh out 
you know, the real like essence of what the idea is or how they might want to communicate things. Like I think of myself as like a translator. Mm. So I just help translate whatever like the real emotion is to where it's uh, it can be digestible. A translator. I like that. Yeah, uh, I like that term because it's like it's kind of like a producer, but it's almost a bit more involved, right? It's from mm-hmm. from what it seems, right? Yeah, it can be. You know, fortunately for me, like I work with a lot of people that I'm friends with, so mm-hmm. that's what it is for me. I'm just hanging with my friends and working with my friends, so I already know you. I already know mm-hmm. certain like nuances of who you are, your character. Mm-hmm. So there might be something that you want to say that. You're not sure if you can say, and I might know how you would say it. Right. Right. That's interesting. But I, sort of like what Wes just said, I really appreciate, instead of using the word producer, I feel like translator is almost the more apt term to use because kind of just like you said, especially if say someone's like, you know, in a booth recording something or, you know, working out a track or something like that. And you have this sort of like outside perspective, you can kind of come in and say like, this is what you said so far, but I feel like what you're trying to say is this. And like, you're the one to kind of maybe help them, you know, bridge that gap and make that connection and kind of fully actualize and see that idea come to life, you know? And so it's like, again, it's like, you're almost the, it's like the idea that you want to achieve is a different language. And you're like, I'm speaking your language, but I'm also speaking this one. And like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to help you like bridge that gap between the two, you know? Yeah, it's all about the gaps, man. Like yeah. That was, I did, uh. I took like my first shrooms trip. Wow. Recently. Really? And like they say you got to like set your intentions and all that. So like my intention was to be able to spot the gaps. Mm, so it's funny that you even like mentioned that because that's exactly what I wanted this space for me to be was. Right. Or for me to be is or whatever. It's mm-hmm. like I, I wanted to be able to spot the gaps and then, you know, know how to fill them or address them. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So this is uh funny how this is a bit of a reoccurring theme then okay <laughs> yeah that's cool man um and I, I and again something i know about you too is you, you do a really good job of kind of like uh i would say perspective is the skill that you have you know what i mean like you're able to kind of sort of see what's up and see what's going on and and sort of you know get a sense of get a sense of that but also i think more than anything find a way to kind of understand your role in something like that in terms of like you know bird's eye perspective of the whole thing but then also how it relates to yourself so that's maybe also a gap you found found the way to like (laughs) fill in that gap you know it is yeah because what what you're doing is uh you're doing something that requires you to be there and like you and the idea of you your ego all Mm -hmm. these things and it's Mm -hmm. like you can easily get lost in that and be like, these are my words. Mm. You know, I'm pulling from my life to dress your your situation, right? And it's not really about you. Mm. You know, you has to become like a, like a one mind kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Where mm-hmm. you is you and everyone in the room. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what you is. Mm-hmm. And you got to elevate beyond, you know, yourself. In, in a way to be able to find your role at least and to do it right because you could be there you could be in the room you can lend an idea or a suggestion but if it's not if it's not coming from a pure place if it's coming from mm-hmm. you just wanting to be recognized in it then it won't land mm. yeah and, and like in those settings 
it's it's about the project right like all of those that that creative collaboration comes together for the sake of the project and whatever that turns into and then it's its own thing at that point right like yeah. all your combined creative energy goes into this piece and then it becomes its own thing that that people can listen to and take something completely different right regardless mm-hmm. of what you put into it mm-hmm. people people observe it in their own ways but so this is this is awesome jay because like all of those you know skill sets require like a bit of a, an engineering background, a bit of a production background, a bit of a songwriting background, performing background. So tell us maybe a bit about some of the experiences you had along the way that like helped you to kind of find and, and settle with where you're at uh, in music right now. Uh, I would probably take everything back to, well, not everything, but in terms of being able to flip through different skill sets mm-hmm. and use them for one thing. Um, when I was younger, when I was like 11, 12, I was heavy into like street ball. Mm. So like and one mixtapes and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Right. And mm-hmm. I was like really in it. And what we would do, me and my friends, is uh, we would just travel around the city, go to every court we could go to with a camera and just like embarrass people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and just make a spectacle of it and right. come back home and upload the footage and start to edit these videos and that required us to have like an extensive library of music to pull from Mm -hmm. to put under these as the sound bed we would have to get into like sony vegas and shit and Mm -hmm. really start chopping shit up and you know we'd be outside for 10 hours be on the computer for another 10 and then upload it to the message boards and you know, be like, here, this is the thing we did. Hmm. Uh, so that all of those different skill sets kind of took me to the next step. Hmm. You know, I was always able to refer back to that and pull something from it. That's cool, man. And I, I, I feel like I've heard you say basically in terms of an extension of sort of the experience that you have and the things that you've done, excuse me, in the industry is, you know, after a while, you kind of said you and some of the people you're working with, you're like, we're just a one-stop shop production house. Like, we literally do it all. And that's even kind of funny that you should say. It totally makes sense. Like, that's where you started, where you're like, mm. we're the ones doing the filming. We're the ones doing the editing. You know, we're the ones collecting the music or creating the music. And then we're the ones that, like, post it. And it's ultimately sort of like your own channel. You know, it's like, and that's like... In it. And you're in it. So it's <laughs> just like, yeah, you're acting too, right? Yeah. So it's just like... That no surprise sort of for for what I know you've done, um, you know, in the industry, it's like no surprise that that's kind of where you started, because that's my understanding is it's like you kind of, you know, basically the hat might change to go back to your Mm. your nice segue there. The hat might change, but, uh, you know, fundamentally, it's all kind of still stemming from like you and the folks that you kind of you kind of work with. So, yeah, yeah. everything is it's always been like with my friends. I got to a point where I was like, I don't really. I'm not working with anyone I'm not friends with. Right. Right. It's it's hard for me to do things for the look or to do things just to be able to say I did it. Mm-hmm. I got to be all the way in. I got to be invested in it differently. And mm-hmm. I got to have a real relationship with the people that I'm working with and with the work or in order to have a relationship with the work. Right. Right. Because in that way, it's not as much about the work as it is just kind of being with your people and doing the thing that you want to do and what you love to do. Sometimes you do got to be, you know, I heard Lior Cohen say this not too long ago, but sometimes you got to be loyal to the work. Right. And it isn't about the people. It's about the Mm -hmm. project. It's about the task, the message, 
you know, sometimes it's that. A lot of times it's that. And when it is, it's freeing mm-hmm. because then you don't have to really worry about all the nuances that come with dealing with people. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. True. Especially in a creative context, because that can be that can be difficult sometimes. Right. Like, you, you know, everybody has a different vision of this thing that's not created yet of where they want it to be and where they want it to go. And it's just finding common ground to do that. But like you mm-hmm. said, if you if you're around you know, people that you care about and people that, that you enjoy being around, like the, the process is so much more genuine at that point. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah, that's, that's super cool. Now then, so, okay. So this is kind of where it started for you doing these like M one mixtapes, like you said. Um, so when was the beginning of you kind of like in terms of, let's say specifically with creating music, like when, when did it kind of start where you started to get like behind the microphone or maybe start like writing lyrics or, or anything like that? Like, was that around the same time or did that come a little later or? It came earlier. Earlier. Okay. Yeah. So I've been, I've been rapping since I was like six, seven. Okay. And that was just the thing that I knew how to do better than everyone. Hmm. Okay. And that was important for me as like a really little kid because all of my friends were older, so from an education standpoint, like they know more than me physically, they're stronger, they're bigger, they're faster. This translates into like sports and how all of that plays in like socially, I was always at a disadvantage because I was the youngest, I was the smallest, Mm -hmm. but this was the thing that I was better. Right. And yeah, I would just do that. I would just rap freestyle. Mm. It was a dead day. We're just hanging out. Nothing's going on. Jay spit something. I could spit something. And that's kind of what it was. But I never really wanted to be a rapper. It, right. it was just that thing. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, the like the music industry wasn't a, the attractive thing about it wasn't being a rapper. It was getting to like live it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like right. actually be there. Like I saw Puffy and Mace blow up a Rolls Royce in the desert. <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like walk away in slow motion. I'm like that happened they, right they fucking did that right wow. that's what i want to do i need to figure out how to be in a space in my life where i could do that yeah you know it wasn't really about music interesting yeah wow so that's pretty cool by the way but that's also like <laughs> even that, that is amazing but but that's like ties so much into the video piece too right like it's just you know a lot of times when we think of like a music project, we just think of like an audio file, right? But sometimes there's so much more to that. There's a whole like sort of um, background piece that's involved in that too, whether it's videos, whether like you said, it's a lifestyle or it's like a, a thing that you're actually a part of, like like a performance, right? Yeah. Um, and, and I know you've done a bit of performing. Like, is that something that you kind of really enjoy doing or something that you, you want to like only once in a while? Or like what, what's your sort of relationship with performing live like? I haven't performed live in such a long time. Like, mm. For me, the idea of performance has evolved so much that it isn't uh, like this conversation is a performance mm. to a mm. degree. Mm. Right. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for me, performing was something that also happened really young. Like my sister, she put me in a talent show in like grade one. Mm. So I wasn't in class a lot. Most of my day was in the music room. We had funding so we could have a music room. Cool. At this point, schools yeah. are a lot different. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, know, you really don't get that. But no. we're in the music room. We're learning how to put together a show. So, like, the performance was always important to me because it was like the final hmm. thing. It's the pinnacle. You hmm. make the song, you make the video. All of it has to lead up to like a climax, mm-hmm. which is the live show. Right. So, that's kind of where performance 
resides in my mind you know it's mm. the pinnacle it's the climax the most pure thing you know interesting that's that's a great way of thinking about it because you're right i mean like fundamentally if you just think about even even just the idea of like a group that's touring or something like that it's kind of just like yeah everything that they do is just basically ultimately in support of the live show you know yeah. and like the live show is kind of really the thing and i would say even from like count, countless conversations we've had either like together or with mm-hmm. other folks or something mm-hmm. like that it's like people basically always just come back to um the appreciation of an artist in relation to their live show you know what i mean it's just like someone might say i love the records but oh like seeing them perform was the thing that really made me go i love this artist so that mm-hmm. you know it's like it really does just kind of come back to this like idea of the performance you know it could work the other way too. You could love an artist's music and see them live, and it's true. It doesn't really translate. Yeah, <laughs> well, and that's very interesting too, because you're absolutely right. Especially for someone who like does that. When you're like, I know, you know, the ins and outs of sort of like the front of house, back of house, and all the stuff that goes on. And for someone to not be able to kind of have that dialed in, it is sort of too bad. It makes like I would say for me, whenever I see that, it's like it's actually probably like the biggest blow to to that group. Yeah. or the band or whatever because i'm like oh your record sounds great but when i saw you live it sounded like one tenth of how the record sounded and the fact that you can't replicate that makes you you know you lose points mm-hmm. yeah. but then alternatively when you see a band when you're like they sounded exactly like the record like when or i listen better or even mm-hmm. better yeah mm-hmm. then you're like that's just yeah again it comes back to that performance that's that's super cool so do you find um do you find that like at the end of the day when you think of yourself and kind of the sweet spot for yourself, is it more a bit more of like behind the scenes, like kind of back of house stuff in support of a performer or a performance? Uh, yeah. You know, I never had the most positive relationship with attention. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So just different things I seen growing up. It was like the person who garnered the most attention was at the most risk. Right. And you just never wanted to be in that kind of situation. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Growing for sure. up in, in the places that I grew up in. So mm-hmm. I always wanted to play the background. And when I was developing my craft and actually working at becoming good enough as a rapper to where I can tell people I'm a rapper, mm-hmm. the that was just so that I could be in the room. Because the goal was to be a writer. You know, mm-hmm. I, didn't, right. I didn't really want to be... I didn't really want to be Jay-Z. I wanted to be more like the dream. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, mm-hmm. to where it's like, he can go to the grocery store if he wants to. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But he's rich as shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he could also like, yeah. you know, put his nuts on the table and say like, I wrote yeah. Single Ladies for Beyonce. I wrote yeah. right. Umbrella for Rihanna. Yeah. I, I wrote Baby for Justin Bieber. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this is what I do. I'm good. I'm yeah. real good. Yeah. But he can raise his kids. He can live a real life he can yeah. have a hobby on the side yeah <laughs> you know? yeah yeah that that i mean that's a good point and and i feel like even just for what you kind of described it almost seems like that's you um you just sort of recognize from a very early age that it was about the like the freestyles and that connection with those words and the creation of like words and lyrics to me it sounds like that's really almost like fundamentally yeah that's who the I foot am. you lead mm-hmm. with yeah exactly yeah yeah I'm so a writer first before anything before right. i'm a musician my like i was born into music music was everywhere but 
my love, my first love is words. Right. You know, and that was something that I got from my sister as well. She would just give me like random spelling tests. Oh, really? At hmm. home. You know, I'd be having a time of my life playing Sega. Here, spell these 10 words. And it's like, bro, like, <laughs> <laughs> like I can't stop right now. Like, yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm in rhythm. If I stop, I'm yeah. not going to beat the boss. It's going to yeah. be a whole fucking thing. I'm still yeah. over again. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it was that. And I always loved words. That's cool, man. And, and that's so conducive, too, to, like, even what you were talking about earlier. You know, when when you're pursuing your own project, like, if you're the artist, like, you're just doing your thing again and again and again. And you're so invested in that. Um, whatever material that you have but from a writing perspective and from that sort of again I love the term translator perspective you get to be part of so many different things and it just kind of keeps it fresh it keeps that collaboration fresh like do you find that like helps to like keep you motivated and keep you flowing through this world that like especially within music can be sometimes like kind of exhausting uh yeah you know before I realized that's what it was that's what it mm. was you know because mm. there's times where you hit a wall mm. creatively and you know it can't come from you mm -hmm. but you still need to be there you still need to be in the studio every day or at least you still find yourself there and you might not have a purpose and you know purpose purpose is such a motherfucker because without <laughs> it you know what what are you what do you yeah, do yeah. so to be able to have at least like a natural response mm -hmm. to when it's like hey maybe Maybe I'm not involved in the writing of the song, mm -hmm. but maybe this idea I have for what the artwork should look like mm. is enough, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Maybe that satisfies the thing. Maybe that's the purpose. Mm -hmm. and yeah, you just respond mm. to what it is versus having to assert yourself or assert the idea. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm.